This is a Think Live Be production. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> hey, how are you doing? I'm good. How, so, how was your day today? <laughs> well, it's pretty early in the morning. <laughs> Sun's just coming up. We're prepping for another hurricane, I oh guess. Oh my gosh, I know. In November. I can't even, I can't do this again. There, There's still bags of debris out by the street. Tons of it. <laughs> it's just going to get blown all over the place. Yeah, this is getting worse every single year. We got to get at, you know, I was saying to cat earlier we got to get the hell out of here i gotta get out of florida you know um i i don't know if we said this on the podcast but it was 14 hours of yard work because yeah. we both worked for a straight seven hour eight hour day cleaning yeah. up and that wasn't all of it like i know you still did some other oh, stuff yeah, took, after the yeah, weekend yeah and before you're right the prep time well i and no but i was cleaning up before you like you oh before I started helping yeah yeah yeah, yeah, like yeah. the day before like we didn't do it until the following day together but the yeah. day before I did stuff all day yeah so probably and our yard wasn't bad we weren't like we didn't it wasn't compared to other people yeah and then of course the the cost of trees down in one of our investment properties was yeah. astronomical yeah. the cost of removing trees is insane yeah <laughs> don't get me started but uh yeah so what, that actually ties into what I wanted to talk about today because mm. how much time we spent, whether it was preparing or cleaning up, and I hate, I hate wasting time. I'm not saying that's a waste of time preparing for a hurricane, but yeah. I, I hate doing things where there's, it doesn't feel productive. It's like, oh my gosh, what else could I be doing instead of doing this? Yeah, I know. I hate it too. And, it feels like you're taking two steps backwards. Yeah. And even like I struggle you do too of just like relaxing like if you yeah. what does that even mean oh like yeah I can't like the idea of I mean guys I had that day after the Ian hurricane came through I had cat up and <sighs> dressed and ready to go and I was outside cleaning stuff up at seven o'clock in the morning yeah because I can't stand to have Oh, yeah. Out of place. Pat or... is not what she would call a procrastinator. No. Like, if there's something to be done, it will get done right that minute. Yeah. I, it will not wait. Yeah, that's that's very, very true. So this kind of stuff, like, it's the hardest thing is sitting around waiting. Because oh, my I... gosh. That just reminded me. So if we go, we often go on weekends and buy plants. <laughs> this has been an ongoing thing for years. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's an opportunity to put a plant somewhere. I'm, put, I'm taking advantage <laughs> of it. That's going to do it. And so now that we, we've, you know, been remodeling this house and now getting into the landscaping part of the, this new house, um, we have spent quite a few weekends recently getting plants. And it's just an ongoing joke that. I know if we're buying plants, they will be installed by the end of the day. Yeah. There's no waiting. It's not like, oh, okay, well, let's go do this and then a couple of days will pass. No, and... I got the shovel out before the car has been turned off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, where'd Pat go? Oh, yeah. he's already putting them in. So, yeah, we're 
he's not one to sit by and wait and and waste time. He wants to get it done. And I'm somebody who I, I can't relax. Like, I always feel like I think there's something I'm supposed to be doing. And that's because there probably is. Yeah. And so it's it's hard to relax. Like, our, our minds are always buzzing. And if you feel the same way, then you'll, I think this will all resonate with you because I'm... I hate when peop- other people then waste my time because it's such a valuable, like it's all we have. Mm-hmm. Like all, all I have is time, like to to do whatever I'm gonna do with my life and business and 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 our lives is 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 time. That's all we have. So every minute that I do something for someone else, whether it's a client or a friend or family or anything that you're doing, is taking away from the time that you have. So you better make sure it's good use. Yeah. And so I hate it when I feel like it's been wasted. And that happens a lot in in our business, like with particularly clients. So let's start there (laughs) because I think clients are big time wasters. And I do understand that, guess what? You can't be paid without having clients. So don't misunderstand. You have to spend time on clients. What I hate, though, is when there are things that that could be prevented. You know what I mean? Like, or that you can set up ways to make sure that you're not wasting time. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, let me give you some examples. <laughs> Wait, Pat just eyeballed the <laughs> the script for the introductory introduction to the podcast, which I always miss every time. So let's pause on the time conversation. And let's tell you what you're listening to. This is our podcast (laughs) and um, it's called Seeking the Best. So we started recording this because we're constantly having conversations about figuring out ways to do things better, always looking to be our best. I'm Catherine Stelgis and um, my our our co-host Kayla Boundy is out on maternity leave. Congratulations to Kayla. Kayla had a little baby. She had a little baby girl named Palmer mm-hmm. and so she is now out out of commission she's, for she's out of the office so since she's out of the office she's off the podcast yeah we right? we, you can't, we said, you can't come into the if you're not going to come into the office you're not on you're, the podcast, you're not no. on the podcast. <laughs> um but I am uh make, making sure that um she is truly on maternity right. leave it's one of one of my things would is, you change her passwords I have I have passwords yet I haven't yet yeah we're going to change all of her passwords so I, she can't get into anything so I she, told her I told her the other day I was like I'm going to do something that you're not going to like and you'll thank me later did she know what you were talking about she said are you going to change my passwords <laughs> and then I with laughed. fear in her eyes <laughs> and I haven't yet and I still do intend to because What's going to happen, and this all ties into time too, mm-hmm. right? Like your maternity leave for most people is around three months. Mm-hmm. And then what happens though is babies like pretty much sleep all day. I know that there's other things involved. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But there's <laughs> but there is there, a, there are times in the middle of the afternoon when the baby's asleep. Yes. And she's going to probably get bored. And I'm a big believer in... um you're either here or you're not, yeah, right? No, like no, you, you shouldn't be halfway doing something. And that is, a lot of that is from, stems from this, this feeling of like, I don't want to waste time. I want to be efficient. I want us to, if, and this goes into where we, we were just on vacation. 
I don't want to be half on vacation and half working. And yet a lot of times that's what happens because of various things. And so if you're doing something, whatever it is, work, in, enjoying a vacation, out to dinner, you should be all in on that one thing. Mm-hmm. Maternity leave, all in on that one thing. Yeah. yeah. And that way you can... It's a, it's a really big problem that I see come up with a lot of real estate agents is being able to do that. Right. Yeah. It's like I'm, I work like when does this ever stop? Like I'm just working 24 hours a day. I'm always on. And it's like that's your choice. Some do people, you don't have to do that. Some people actually like use that as a um, uh, like a selling point to <laughs> clients. Like they, they, they brag about yeah. being on 24 seven and that's it's a, just like a bad mindset. Oh, yeah. You're and gonna, it's unsustainable. Yeah, it's unsustainable. You'll burn yourself out or you're lying to yourself. or what, Right. You're not like, telling the truth. You're not really on no. 24-7. So, but you think you are, and that is exhausting to do that. Yeah. It's like, and why would you brag about that? That What that says to me is you don't know how to manage your time properly. Yeah. Sorry. This has nothing to do with maternity leave, but it's yeah. all like time. Like spend the time where it's supposed to be spent. 100% be there and doing that. Um, so Kayla, Kayla will be out for a while now. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, our other co-host, Patrick Fatika, is our sound engineer, producer extraordinaire. That's me. Hello. <laughs> and he is also, uh, you know, he lives here. I'm not a realtor. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't sell real estate, but knows a lot about it through osmosis. Yeah. <laughs> and I can have an objective outlook on... I think so. The the ins and outs because I'm not emotionally attached to any of this or clients or any of those things. So I can make more of a uh, unemotional decision about maybe the way things could work. Yeah, I think I think you're not you're not completely objective because you hear me complaining about things yes. so that that has to seep in a little yeah, bit my, my but it's still diff- an outsider's perspective yeah 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 you're not directly day-to-day dealing with real estate right or or clients emotions yeah. or yeah. any of those things yeah. yeah so in talking about the this whole concept of wasting time though if you start with the the clients themselves i think there there's so many things that i have put into place over the years specifically because of some situation that caused me to say, well, that's not going to happen again. <laughs> well, yeah, that's how every that's how every system gets built. <laughs> right. Is, is off of the, that, not, that one sentence. It's either that. It's like, well, that's not going to happen again. Or we can make this better, faster, more efficient. Right. But it all stems from the first one. Yeah. It continues to evolve by ma- trying to make it better. But the first thing is that's not going to, I'm not going to let that happen again. Yeah. So if you're saying that to yourself about something, and that this, means that well, you this, probably need to come up with some system for yeah. that. <laughs> I was thinking of what you ju- we were just talking about vacation, about being on vacation or not being on vacation. Yeah. And 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 um, there was a time, quite a quite a few years ago, where we were on vacation over Christmas, mm-hmm. and um, we were at your. Uh, childhood home with yep. your mom mm-hmm. and you spent the entire vacation uh, going over contracts with one angry old man buyer who right or seller or something, seller seller who was one of these 
old guys who had a real estate license back in the 70s mm-hmm. and wanted to go over the contract with the fine tooth comb on Christmas Eve. One of these guys. <laughs> well, there was more to it than there that. There was, but, yeah. but that's what sticks out to me and stuff. And I remember that drive back to Orlando from Panama City saying, this will never happen again. Like this is this has to change. We can't. This isn't going to be our lives moving forward forever. So that was the beginning of when we go on vacation. We're on vacation. Every all all the clients know we're on vacation. That's how it kind of starts. You know, you on your fir- until you get your assistance and everything else. It's like yes, that that is where. Well, there's two things. Two two things that I can look to and say this is what made me start realizing that a team and leverage and um knowing the value of your time both personally and professionally is so important and one is that it was it was spending christmas on the phone pacing around yeah. the patio for while for, everyone else was and inside at the, and at the end of the day a year goes by and what for it's and, like it's like it would have been one thing if that guy was part of your sphere who was referred by some other part of your sphere and then and it would have led to we knew it was going to lead to they wanted to buy a million dollar house and blah, blah. this was like some old guy who uh, was was downsizing into an old folks home that we were never going there was not it sounds it sounds rough to say this but you it, it, this is business this isn't friendship it's like what what do you what are you what else are you bringing to me business wise it's like i know that when i have a client and i know that that client knows a bunch of other people and they have and they're going to have work for me for years down the road i'm going to spend a little bit extra time with that person in making sure because i want more work we knew right from the get go this was a dead end after the sale this was a dead end there was nothing else and it's like and so we had a ruined Christmas for some unappreciative old crotchety jerk who we never talked to again, who never what you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like what a what a horrible way to learn that lesson. Well, so the second thing was I was dealing with a transaction where I was representing the seller and the guy that was representing the buyer. Now, this was a long this was over the course of several years. This was my longest closing. I've probably talked about it before on the podcast here or there. My longest closing took like five years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you might be saying, what? How is that even possible? Don't get me started. Yeah. Um, we don't have a big enough rabbit hole to go down yeah. there. <laughs> but uh, but it was... You, it, had, you did sell that place twice. I did. I did. <laughs> so. And then sold those buyers who were not my buyers sold them another house so, right. so it that all worked, worked out. out a little bit different than the first situation yeah it's actually were, right. turned into multiple sales right and so but what what happened at some point along that path of trying to get that one sold the buyer's agent uh his mom died and I, I don't remember the exact details but it was like a really tragic situation and he went completely MIA and just ghosted and no, I like, ended no, up no conversations no anything just ghosted everyone and and I ended up being the one to facilitate everything I was not paid to do that other half he still got paid um now again did it all work out and I ended up working with those people to sell that place again yeah. and then sell them house yes. they didn't go back to the realtor that ghosted them yes and <laughs> they went to the listing agent that actually did their right because I got to know them right <laughs> and the reason I uh, that stuck with me so much was because I remember thinking like he was dealing with a whole bunch of stuff and I remember thinking mm. I never want that to happen where I have to 
basically just shut down my business completely, abandon everybody in progress and just to, to deal with a family situation. And I want to make sure that if I have a family situation that I can go and, and do it yeah, any and emergency. deal with it. And I didn't know at that time, because this was many years ago, that then in 2016, I would have to go and deal with my mom having cancer. Mm-hmm. And I had to go home every couple weeks for that year until she passed away to, to be with her and my aunt, my two aunts. And I rotated going and taking care of her and dealing with that whole situation. And I, I'm, I still had to work. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like I didn't figure it all out. Like, like yeah, you didn't get to just walk away, but you did had because of that first or that other deal said, oh, I have to, I have to try to make sure that if anything happens, that I can leave and the business doesn't fall apart. So it was immediately higher. Yeah, and and an what assistant. happens is you you in those situations you are forced to figure out how to prioritize better than you ever do in regular life. Yeah. I had an excellent year in real estate in 2016. It was just, I was a single agent mm-hmm. with um, an assistant that was essentially part-time because she was, um, she was pregnant at the time and different assistant. And um, <laughs> yeah, Kayla's not on baby four or anything. <laughs> 26 years old. <laughs> She's older than that. But yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, like di- different assistant, but she, she was um, having issues with pregnancy. So she was in and out that, that whole year. And then I had like kind of a showing agent helping me mm-hmm. with some of the buyers in progress. So when I needed, like a- as needed, because I needed it, but I figured out during that time how to prioritize like crazy, make sure I was working with motivated people that were going to do business and using leverage to the best of my ability. I, like I said, I was still working. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember sitting like my mom was having surgery and I was having to like do an offer thing, but you figure out how to work around those important times. Yeah. Like I couldn't be with my mom in the surgery room. So I've got to keep my mind off of it. Might as well do the thing that I need to do right that minute so that when that's done, Mm -hmm. I can shut the rest of that off and everybody's been handled. No one feels abandoned. They don't even necessarily know what I'm going going through. Right. That's, that's the goal is to, is to make people feel that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, it's like we, we went, we this is kind of a weird vacation for us this time because um like i think if you go back and listen to us a year ago when we went on vacation we talked about and Kayla was sitting across from us we talked about how everything was handled and we could actually Yeah it was be like on, the first time we, that really time. truly i felt this like this year a little weird because Kayla was like is she having this baby today we don't know <laughs> like where's where, where's everyone's name on this pool of when of when she's gonna have this baby, <laughs> and then we had um, somebody had a wedding to go to, and then there was another thing. So people were out of the office. Just it was like a convergence of like the perfect storm yeah. and stuff. But none of your clients knew that you were going on vacation. Well, that's because another they, thing because they didn't have to know because everything was still being handled. Well, so so that we didn't have to have that conversation. Whereas if you're a single agent and you're gonna go on vacation for four days. Or five days. You have to. Well, so I will say, um, yes, somehow 
we 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 man it we plan we go on this vacation every year around the same time and somehow not everybody, around the same time yeah this, it's the same it's week the same, it's the same week every single year <laughs> and, and somehow like everybody managed to have something going Ka- on really Kayla you had the whole year to have a baby <laughs> it's got to be the week Come we on. go on vacation <laughs> <laughs> and uh so it was a, a weird situation where so many people had to be out of office and what also happened was pat and i got sick the week before that's right and so you guys know right (laughs) right (laughs) so what i normally would do and we have a whole episode about preparing to be gone Mm -hmm. and preparing to be out of office none of that happened right so when i when we left i i just resolved to myself that um my assistant would handle the best that she could everything else and for the people that I was working with that needed attention that I wasn't even going to really bother telling them at that point that I was gone I was just going to prioritize right like we can go and we can have an enjoyable day and I can prioritize what has to get done and fit it into little pockets so the reason I bring this up is because most people most people are single agents most agents, I should say, are single agents. And if you're a single agent, that's what you have to do. Yeah. Because you don't necessarily have somebody to completely rely on. So you you don't if you don't have leverage, you better learn how to prioritize like crazy if you ever want to have that personal life and that balance, that thing that people call balance. Um, what that is is figuring out what actually has to happen today. What can I what can I wake up in the morning and from 8 30, 9 30 get done and then check in again at 4 30 to 5 30? And everything else can wait till I'm done with this vacation. And that way you can you can do those things and then go and like really check out. Um so prioritizing is like the biggest and that's, skill. That's for, that's for prioritizing to for to check out for that vacation is one thing, but we you can you can kind of narrow that down to just checking out at 6.30. Well, yes. I mean, we've talked about that. You know what I mean? Like that, I think that's even more so for a lot of single agents, that idea of, of I'm just on 24 hours a day. Like we, that, that, that idea of I'm just, that's just, that's just what I do. I, I so again, we're all, we're a work in progress, right? We're seeking our best. Um, I have just started to kind of like change the setup to the way that I have a conversation with somebody when at the appointment. Mm. So what I mean you is mean setting expectations. Yes. So setting expectations. Um, it's something I've always done, but I've decided getting that better at it, like getting better what, what, at it. What, what are you setting? What expectations are you setting and knowing specifically what that means? And, and, Doing it after you have the business. <laughs> right. So what I mean is, and, and this is. That's smart, yeah. This is a, uh, like, this is a tool. Uh, this is a system, let's call it, of doing things in a specific order. Because, for example, what if I say to somebody in a listing appointment, um, I turn off my phone at 630. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. In their mind, Again, compared to other agents who are like, I'm on 24-7. I'll always be always into the phone. Yeah. Some people might value that. um, Yeah. 
think that 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 matters right Mm -hmm. like because we can argue all day long that you don't need to be on 24 7 so but from a consumer perspective people people like having every answer and everything at their fingertips right so they expect that they can reach you at all times so it there's two things if you set the expectation that you're on 24 7 well then you better be and then you, you're good luck with that. You're you're gonna good burn out with, and all those good, things. That when I hear that, I'm like, oh, that's somebody who that's that's an agent, a newer agent, and somebody who's got three, you know, two half buyers and and maybe a listing lead. That's the per, those are the agents that say I'm on twenty four seven because they can be because they don't have any clients. So I'm on twenty four seven. But if you have a bunch of people in your pipeline and you're running a business, you can't be on 24 seven because how could you be? You've got too many clients. So it's for people without any clients that say that. that that's one thing. It, that's one expectations you can set and then you're going to regret it yeah. um, because it's really hard to take back. You can't later, like when you're still dealing with the same people. Right. All, all, all you did was set up a let, letting them down right, when right. you didn't answer the phone and you didn't get back to them. So, and then the other part is you can set Over, expectations. Overpromising and underdelivering the opposite of what you're supposed to do. So then you can set expectations that like, well, I, um, my working hours are 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. or whatever. Right. Now you you're might decide. Now you're taking something away from them. If you bring all that up front before you actually have the business, they could view that as a negative thing. Because right. the other person said 24-7. But now you know that you're going to do an awesome job. You're going to do better than that person who's promising something that isn't real. You're going to do better than that. So you have to really think about the way and, and the timing of all of this. So when I go into a listing appointment or a buyer consultation, I'm first focused on them, their goals, the price, the market, What's, you know, depending on if it's a buyer or seller, like there's different things that I'm going to talk about and prioritize and ask questions about. And then I want to get their agreement that we seem like we're a good fit to work together. Let's sign paperwork. And then I'm going to go into, okay, so now here's how, how this works. here's how we'll work together and communicate right. together. No, they've already agreed. They've already seen the value of working with you. So now it's not a takeaway. Right. They already see this is all I provide and this is how we're going to do business. Right. And then and then live up to those expectations too. Like if you say that you're going to answer your phone up to 630 or return calls up to 630, then make sure you do that. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to be gone or something, let people know in advance um, that if you're truly not going to be responding to things. And usually... If you tell somebody, if you tell somebody, I'm, my office hours are between whatever and what, 630. I would say probably 19 out of 20 people will, will not try to get a hold of you and won't care. There's always going to be the one or two who wants to, you know what I mean? Who, who, yeah, who go, oh, those are your rules. I, I, those don't apply to me. Those apply to other clients, but me, they don't apply to. That's a very, it's a very small number. Most people will say, okay, cool. We Whatever have, you say. Okay, two things just came to mind. Um, wait, how much time do we have? Fine, you go ahead. <laughs> okay, one one thing was, um, this this happened earlier this year, and I'm pretty sure we talked about it a little bit. Uh, I, I lost a, a client, um, and it was probably the best thing ever. <laughs> And they were one of those people who makes you feel guilty for having any kind of life. Yeah. Screw um, them. 
And I was really cautious because of the 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 personality of this person. I never said like I I really think this is important to explain. I never once said to this person like, "Oh, I will be at this place from this time, so I won't be able to call you." I never once said that I wasn't available for them. And so when you get that sort of passive aggressive like thanks for calling. I understand you have a life too. And, um, you know, that whole thing. It's really, um, well, it's annoying first of all, (laughs) but because you know that they don't really mean it. They're, they're, yeah, they're being passive aggressive. They, they want to take up as much time as possible. Ask you all these dumb questions. Like there was a point where, uh, you probably remember we, we had to go to Atlanta Mm -hmm. for our, our dog. And, um, we were in the hotel. We had just gotten to the hotel and I had to go and talk to them on the phone out in the hallway. And I was on the phone for like 30 or 45 minutes and then I had to go write an offer for these people. Now, don't misunderstand. If somebody wants to make an offer, you do have to talk to them. You have to go over those things. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, I didn't have somebody who could help me with that offer like writing. Write, write, write the offer for you. And, um, But this woman, it was like she was intentionally trying to keep me on the phone. Mm-hmm. It was like because it was late. It was late at night. It was um. It was like she would keep asking these questions that were the same, just worded differently, as if to just keep like needling you. Yeah, and I'm like, would you like to make an offer? I mean, it's nine o'clock at night. Like, even if I wasn't in Atlanta, trying to deal with my dog and and all of that going on, I still my bedtime is coming up. And I shouldn't be dealing with you. And so anyways, eventually that person um, wrote an email and, and said that they were going to go a different direction or whatever. Right. I don't know if it was worded that way, but um, I was like, oh, my God, thank God. Yeah. What a weight off my shoulders. And it's a, just a good reminder of sometimes you have to evaluate those people. No, and if people are crazy. I can I can curse on here. It says adult. You, you have to blurb that out. <laughs> Is it a blurb? No. <laughs> um, people just people are. Um, yeah, it's like so selfish sometimes. You know, you get some clients who are just the nicest, mm-hmm. most wonderful people. You know, who go out of their way to send more clients or send gifts and stuff, and you're just like, what? And stop being so nice to me. And then you get other people that are just. Like, where did you, I guess they're they're the sweatpants, uh, bare feet on the plane people, (laughs) right? Like that, like, you know what I mean? Like, we we wonder what what goes through their heads and stuff. And it's like, yeah, you are better off. Like, well, so, so a couple things, like it is like some people are just inconsiderate and those are the people that are going to suck as much time out of you as possible because they're not thinking about anyone but themselves. Mm. And then there's also crazy people. Yeah. Legitimate legitimately and i'm not just saying this like as a blanket statement like oh everyone's crazy out there although sometimes i wonder um there are legitimately people who have a screw loose they're on med- medication um and maybe not taking it mm-hmm. um who have alcohol problems drug problems and they all buy houses too yeah and you might be working with one of them and so when you feel that 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 feeling of this person is not a reasonable person sometimes you have to take stock and say maybe I should be the one to fire them and 
I probably would have, except that it was a, a past client. Like it was somebody that I'd worked with before, mm-hmm. um, more than one time. And you knew, yeah. Yeah, that's hard. That's hard. It's hard. It's yeah. hard to turn someone away or especially after you started it's working a, with yeah, them. Yeah, if it's a past client or even or a referral from a past client or something like that where you. Yeah. Feel, yeah. You feel an obligation. And this is why, like, I think as I get older, I just really have have started to realize more and more each year how important that is, though, to monitor your time to know what your value is. And so when you start spending too much of it with somebody who's not appreciative of it, stop. Like, why are we doing that to ourselves? Even if it is a past client, just be okay with saying, you know what? I don't think this is working out. Yeah, that's true. And I guess that, you know, that leads into like, um, you know, people having a hard time with their career as an agent, like dealing with people and like, I don't like this. These people are jerks and stuff. And it's like, well, you know, all, the only way around that, there is a way around it. Maybe the way around it isn't something that you can do as soon as you turn this episode off. But the goal is to leverage yourself to such a degree that you have enough clients that when one of these things, when you get the chills from somebody or you're like, um, I don't know about these people, you don't feel like I have to work with these people because I don't know where the next check is coming from. You know, that when you can say, yeah, I'm like, I'm getting a weird vibe from these people. I'm not moving forward with this. That gets a lot easier to do when you've got three other appointments set for today. When you don't have that and there isn't anybody else, you really feel like I've got to take this because I don't know when I'm going to get paid, you know? So, but the only way you get to that point is to leverage yourself to such a degree that it gives you enough time to do the lead gen that you need to do in order to get those clients. So I'm going to say one more thing and then maybe we'll take a break. Um, I saw on Facebook recently. <laughs> so yeah, there's two things that suck time. Well, there's more than two. <laughs> one is clients though. And the other would be other agents. Mm. Other agents are big time sucks mm. and, and people who do not respect your time, even though they should, they should be the ones who understand, right? Like mm-hmm. we should understand each other that this business can create situations where you're working long hours and then you're bending over backwards for people and we should be sympathetic and empathetic for, for that. And yet client agents are the, the worst culprits mm-hmm. of I wonder how many this. of those agents that suck up all of that time and just want to, and they're talkers and just want to chat, how many of them are doing a lot of business? Because I would assume that the people doing a lot of business don't have time for that. And they, they do understand. Whereas the person who, you know, I just hang my license and I do three sales a year. When my friends want to buy or sell something, those people, those are the ones you have to worry about. So we'll cut with... I don't know, but I'm just guessing. Yeah. Um, I saw on Facebook, that's what made me think of that. Uh, somebody was <laughs> complaining on a, a group, as we often do. Um <laughs> that he was actually like literally getting married and he had an agent that was texting him about an offer and oh he God. and he had let the guy know that like <laughs> hey I'm getting married today yeah. so it's going to have to wait and the guy was like hey hope your day hope your wedding went well do you think you'll have time to give that offer a peek <laughs> now the reason i bring that up is because <laughs> i mean well, it's ridiculous right the, uh, yeah and but funny Funny, but yes. And 
Here's the thing. It sounds like there wasn't any expectation set with the agents about being gone. Yeah. And hey, I'm getting married, so I'm going to be unavailable. So um, I will get back to you. Tell your buyer or seller or whatever that um, I'll take it a step further. Let's take a break and let's dig into that. Let's take a break. (laughs) The Think Look B team is an Orlando-based real estate team with Keller Williams Realty at the Parks. We operate as a boutique-style company with the resources of the largest real estate company behind us. Think Look B is looking for talented people like you to join our team. If you happen to live in the Orlando area and you're a detail-oriented quick learner, then we might have a place for you. Whether you're a real estate agent or administrative professional, we are looking for individuals who are ready to work hard and ready for success. If you're ready to join the team, visit us at thinklivebee.com. And we're back. Okay. So a couple things with agents. Let's let's break down what what you can do to basically prepare for your time. Like if you want to have a balanced life, as we call it, I know like it's not really it's um, you know, some people say it's counterbalanced, right? You just keep bouncing back and forth um between balanced and unbalanced. Mm. Um but there are things you can put into place that protect your time, that set expectations with people about your time. And when it comes to other agents, I felt really bad for the guy that was getting married. Don't get me wrong. And he was complaining about it. And, and it's understandable, right? We can all kind of agree like, come on, guy, give the guy a break, right? And yet... Well, I can imagine, who, I don't know if it was a who he, the other agent, not the one getting married, was representing. He was representing the buyer. So... I can imagine, depending on the buyer, the buyer goes, I don't care if he's getting married. Well, My offer's in on this house. What, we got 24 hours. If I don't get this house, what am I going to do? Well, right. but that's what I was going to say. I know, I know. You can be upset at the guy who's poking you about the offer. But the thing is, is that he's representing a buyer and the buyer wants this house. He doesn't care that that guy's It's available married. for sale. The seller is not getting married, right? The agent is. The seller wants to sell. The buyer wants the house. They want their offer reviewed. So how do you manage that? Well, there's a couple things. If you're going to be away for an extended period of time and you want to be completely out, you have to have somebody else monitoring your sales. You want to go enjoy your wedding? Well, what's going to happen when you're gone on your honeymoon People are going to be bothering you because you're working in a business where stuff happens every day of the week, right? So the only way that you can stop from being bothered is to find another agent to partner with. Will that cost you? Yeah. But you have to ask yourself, do I want to enjoy my wedding day? Hmm. Is that worth a little bit of money? I'm sure your brand new bride will love the fact (laughs) that you have to go write an offer or write an addendum um, instead of sitting next to her by the pool. Right. That's going to go over great. The, she's me like, this is what I got myself into <laughs> right. for the next 25 years, this. So you have to go like go find somebody that you can partner with that can take over your transactions and manage, and then you compensate them in some way, and you have to determine what that is in advance, but that's something that you prepare for. Otherwise, you will be expected to respond to offers, right? Mm-hmm. Like our job is to present offers in a timely manner. If you can't do that, then you have to have somebody else that can. Mm-hmm. So I feel I empathize 
but I also am here to say that you just didn't prepare well. And mm. that's something that you need to learn a lesson from. And or then, you could have easily just changed the date on the like like if if this guy like I mean I don't know I don't know who this realtor is I don't know how many clients he has or or conversations or whatever but I'm sure his sellers knew that he was getting married well, right so they were they were taken care of and they're like oh well John or whatever his name is will get back to us you know and he said he'd be back to us in two days or whatever that he'd be back on his phone and stuff so so they're fine so if you would have just called that other agent and said hey I'm getting married um the we're changing the date because I'm going to be out of commission for two days. I don't, I don't know how any of this stuff is handled. I'm just kind of guessing here. But but my point is, is that if expectations were set with that other agent of this is what, this is what I need. And this is the way this is going to go. He wouldn't have called you once. So he would have already known. Well, true. And maybe so would have, but so number one is if you're, what I'm saying though is, is he really only gone for a day? Like, yeah, are I mean, you really no only idea. gone yeah. for your wedding day, or yeah. you probably have like at least a wedding weekend, Maybe. potentially a honeymoon? Yeah. Find, over. <laughs> find somebody to fill in while you're doing these right. important life things, and the other part is okay. Let's say you are maybe you're not going on a honeymoon. Um, or the honeymoon's a couple months away or something, and it's just a few days. It's just a weekend. I'm getting married on a Friday. I'll be mm. back to work on a Monday. Well, then... Well, I think people get married on the weekends. Oh, well, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was probably a Saturday. Okay. What? <laughs> so, but the point is, the other thing you can do is if if you, if it's just a short amount of time and you set expectations with your seller, I'm getting married on Saturday... <laughs> I'll be back to my office on Monday. If anything happens during this time, I'll have an autoresponder on my email. Mm-hmm. I'll have a voicemail that lets people know that I'm out of office. And I'll let everybody know that they need to make their offer. If anybody wants to submit an offer, that the acceptance date needs to be Tuesday mm-hmm. because I'll be back to work on Monday and we'll review anything that comes in. Is that okay with you? Mm-hmm. And of course, the seller would say, yes, congratulations, blah, blah, blah. Then you have permission to check out yeah right and i'm just saying this is just this one seller but even if you had multiple people yeah, they would all uh, yes they would all be like oh, okay great unless you had one of those crazy people we we're talking about earlier in which case you should have cut them loose a long time ago well and if the person doesn't understand says what do you mean you're not going to be available you're getting married but what about my house well but if they did if they said like well what if we get an offer and say well I'll review the offers with right. you on Monday if we get anything on the weekend and they're like well I wouldn't want but what if we lose out on something then you need to go find somebody to help you yeah. if that's their expectation and they aren't the understanding type then you need to go find someone to help you with that one with that one but everyone else will sh- if it's only a, a, a day or two and you're getting married most everyone else will understand but the point is is that First, you have to talk to the the client, make them understand that this is what this what's happening. Then you have to put on an auto email, set up your voicemail responder, turn your text message to do not when disturb. You say, when you say an auto responder, it's not an auto responder. That auto responder should have all of the details in it, so that person that sent you that email and gets it back doesn't immediately pick up the phone and call you. Yes, right, and. So wait, let, let me, I'm going through, this is a system right. for being away. It's what you do, <laughs> uh, used to do. Talk, talk to the clients, let every single one of them know that this is what this is what's going on and this is how it will be handled. Set up an auto email responder, 
put your voicemail message on. If there is someone else that is filling in for you, have their contact info on both of those things and given to your um, your clients. Then you turn your phone on do not disturb so that you don't see the text message and you're not bothered by it. You're only bothered because you looked at your phone while you were supposed to be getting married <laughs> and, <laughs> and you shouldn't have been looking at it, right? And then the other thing is... Um, If you've got sellers, like I would even say to them, because I believe this is 100% true, if you're only gone for like a day or two and the buyer can't wait a day or two for a response, I don't think they're that serious. Yeah. And I know it's frustrating. I work with buyers too. I know it's frustrating for a buyer to have to wait a few days. And if there's a lot of competition in the area, that could be enough time for them to find something else. But then they weren't that serious about this particular house. And they, that was potentially going to happen anyways, right? If they're going to withdraw their offer because they can't wait till Monday, then they were already going to probably still see the new listing that caught their eye. Go look at that and say, never mind, we found something else mm-hmm. by the time you get to it on Monday. If they really, you're saying if they really want the house. If they really want the they'll house, wait they'll wait another 18 hours. And if we would all collectively, like sense. I wish all agents would get together and just say, stop putting 24 hour for response time. That's a, this is a big pet peeve of Catherine's. If you write up your offer, okay, I am going to rant on this for Go a minute. Ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> if you write up your offer um, today, today is whatever, let's let's call it Monday. I'm going to write up my offer right now. My buyers, though, aren't going to get to it until they get home from work. Five o'clock. So yeah. they're going to sign at five o'clock. And then maybe I see it at seven or eight o'clock. Well, I've put an acceptance date of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So by so the time what? this, the other agent, by the time they get to the offer tomorrow, they have to drop everything they're doing to call the other agent or the call the sellers to get them to get a response by the time frame that you've given them. And if we're all doing what we're supposed to do, we're supposed to be lead genning in the morning, right? Because that's the only way we have business yeah. in the first place. So as as listing agent, I'm not going to even see it till 12 or 1. Because she's not going to break her schedule. We've talked about this on this show many times. She's not even going to look at in her email until lead gen is done. And then, so then I've got to call the seller. Well, the seller's at work. I might not be able to talk to them until 5 or 6 that night, right? Mm-hmm. And then when I talk to them, well, they want to think it over. Yeah. Well, now I've asked them to make a decision basically now. Right. They have to think it over, which means... Call me back at nine o'clock tonight so right. that I can write up the offer. So why do we feel like we're on all the time and all the stuff? Because because of everyone who's writing offers with twenty four hour acceptance periods. Yeah. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Do if everybody would just like most of the contracts, I believe at least ours is um, say the time for offer and counter offer acceptance uh, or counter offer acceptance. Sorry, counter offer or acceptance is forty eight hours from the time mm. that the first counter offer is made I, I don't know if this is the same thing but i hear you complain about it all the time <laughs> that it's midnight that people put midnight well hold on so in our contracts the deadline for all all things is eleven fifty nine p.m oh right state of florida can we do better yeah the you're the cause like the far bar contract is the cause of us feeling like we have to be up at nine ten o'clock at night negotiating inspections because the deadline is eleven fifty nine p.m that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, put it at 6 p.m. or some even 5 p.m. Let's let's be real. Like that's supposed to be business hours, 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. 
It but, can be anything you want it to be because it's just an arbitrary number. Right. Like, but what causes us to to have those feelings is 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 those two things. Yeah. Having contracts that have deadlines that are basically the end of the night when I'm already asleep or um, or putting when you write an offer, making it due by the next day. It's not enough time. It's not reasonable for other people either. Like these are the biggest we we tell everyone I'm really on a rant now. It's okay. Uh, we tell everyone this is the bu- biggest financial decision you'll ever make, et cetera, et cetera. And, and then hurry minutes. up and make it because we've got an offer that's sitting on the table mm-hmm. and they want a response by today. Right. In their mind, they've been waiting 24 hours, even yeah. though it's taken, you know, 22 hours to get to the yeah to get to the uh, sellers yeah. or whatever. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, they don't really all they know is that they they send it off. They they hit the they hit sign on DocuSign, right? And they're done. Now it's like we wait. And it's like well, well, those other people haven't aren't going to look at that for eighteen hours. Well, and and that's the that's the part where if everybody set those expectations up front, then everybody yeah. would be more understanding of that. That mm-hmm. like okay, so um, I I do I have a buyer right now that they they do they're like I we don't want to wait and miss out on something else if we're waiting because they're they're desperate to find something. So I understand the emotional aspect of that, but I've had to remind them on multiple occasions that it's not reasonable for me to submit an offer to someone at 6 p.m. and expect the, the people to get back to us by 5 p.m. the next day. It's like it's not even going to be viewed because in, necessarily. Yeah, yeah, that's, in their mind, it's like it, they're not seeing... They don't understand the steps in between them hitting sign on DocuSign and them getting a response. Yeah. They aren't thinking about your, the amount of things that you might have to do in order to get that out. And then the amount of things that the other agent has to do in order to get it to their their clients. And then the amount of time it takes for those clients to actually see it. And then not just see it. They don't just see it and sign it. They see it. Then they have to talk to their agent about what they should do. And then they say, okay, now we need to think about it some more. Well, yeah, sometimes. And and maybe we want to sleep on it. How many times have you guys heard that? Well, let us sleep on it, which I never understand, but people do it. And then it's like, that's how long it takes. So it is a a expectation setting with your clients of, of kind of walking them. If you have nervous clients who are talking about that to walk them through the steps of what, what actually needs to happen. So don't get too excited when you hit, send and think that we're going to hear back in 45 minutes. The the other thing is, um, so we're talking, what I just described though, if you're going to be gone for a few days is the system that you need. It, even if you have to write it down as a checklist of things you need to do to prepare, mm-hmm. that's how you prepare to be gone. And then the other thing you, you should do is add that as a note in the multiple listing service. Oh, and, that's smart. Yeah. And and so hear me out. So like in this wedding situation, um, um, if I'm getting married on Saturday, um, but I've got stuff to do on Friday, so I'm going to be gone. Uh, do you put your registry in MLS too? <laughs> By the way, if you're looking for <laughs> gift ideas. <laughs> um, so you can just go into the multiple listing service in the realtor only remarks and you can add the details of like, uh, you know, please submit any offers submitted please allow for acceptance through this date mm-hmm. 
And in that way, before the person's even writing the offer, potentially even hope, showing and, it. And hopefully the agent looked at that and saw it. Because listen, I'm sure. We talk about all the time. You're just even, trying to get 80% of things done the right way, that's right? That's right. That's my rule. I know. So if you're just, it's like, will you still get a text message from someone? Yes. Potentially. Will you still get an offer that has 24 hours on it, even though you put in the MLS notes for realtors that it needs to be 48? Absolutely, you will. Potentially. But if you do these things, then when you turn on Do Not Disturb and you turn off your computer and you walk away, you can be at peace with it and be 100% at the other place because you know that you've done five or six things to prepare everyone for the expectations. And if somebody doesn't read the instructions, that's on them. Mm -hmm. And then so when you finally get back to work and then they're like... They're all mad. Then you can say... As explained, I love that one. <laughs> As per per my email, oh, gross. <laughs> per my email, uh, I I had an autoresponder. I have notes in the MLS. I at you know as per all of the things that I've done, you know you should have known. I, I'm not saying you would say it like that, but yeah. I, I'm just saying you can only do so much, and that's going to get eighty to ninety percent of it, and that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. And then the other person. You've got to at least be able to be at peace at that point because you you had a system, you followed it, and then you can turn off and be okay. But you, what happens is you don't follow the system and then you're mad that somebody is bothering you right. when all they're doing is doing their job, really. Yeah, they don't know. They don't know. Yeah. Because you didn't tell them. You didn't set the expectation. So a- agents are definitely the biggest, um, maybe even more so than clients. Well... <laughs> Yeah, because they have the direct, they, why would that be? I'm trying to think. (laughs) Dead air. Well, I think (laughs) it's probably because they, their agents, you're an agent, they're an agent, and they're running around doing whatever they, whatever an uh, client tells them to do whenever they tell them to do it. So if they're not coveting their time, they're certainly not going to covet yours. Well, so here's... You know what I mean? So it's like if you have one of those agents who just, like I said, does five sales a year and they just run around and let the, let their clients kind of tell them what to do and when to do it and they work 24 hours a day and I'm never off and blah, 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 and that's how they run their life, then why would they ever covet your time? They I, don't even know how to do it to themselves. There's a NAR stat. So the National Association of Realtors um, has a stat that's out. And I, I might misquote it. I don't have it in front of me. It's just on, on top of my mind. Um, but it's it's something like, it, you know, 4% of agents did 90% of the business or so, something like that. So think about that. That's a huge amount of the real estate transactions done by a very small group of agents. Mm-hmm. Those are the agents who are following their schedule. They're sticking to their time blocks. They're efficiently running their businesses to be able to do that large volume. Everyone else, the other 95 or 96% of agents do have too much time on their hands. And they don't understand the true value of that time. So they spend it poorly. Yeah. Which includes calling you and wanting to talk about whatever for 45 minutes. Right. So if you do nothing else to make, if you want to be successful in real estate, we talk about like time management, time blocking, all of these things. 
But that's really what it is all about. Because what do we have? Like we only have our time. That is literally what our value is. Well, and experience and all that crap. But (laughs) but but (laughs) But, for yourself, like that's your that's your commodity. Yeah. So if you want to be successful, you have to look at that top four or five percent and say, how are they doing so much business? How is that even possible? Mm-hmm. They're very efficient mm-hmm. at what they're doing. They're prioritizing how things. How does McDonald's make 10 billion burgers a, a year? Efficiency. Yeah. Right? They they move. They go, you know what? If this stove was a quarter of an inch more to the left, <laughs> we could sell 20,000 more burgers a year. Yeah. And so they move it a quarter inch to the left. And then they say, if we move these condiments and put them all right on this side instead, they could make these burgers faster. It's all, there's, they've got scientists figuring out efficiency yeah. for things. And so we're just saying you could do that on a small scale to a certain degree. But that's what you're. For your, so you had more time to make the calls to do your lead gen. That's how you, that's how you do it. Well, and then comes in. So. You start small with little things you can do to protect your time. Those are things like having autoresponders when you need to be gone, like protecting your time and and having time blocks where you're only doing certain things and turning on do not disturb when you're doing that so that you can focus on the right activities. Those are those small little habits that you can build and things you can do to be um, to be more efficient on a small scale. Mm-hmm. Then you start to leverage your time. Then you can start to add other people to take things off your plate. So then instead of three or four hours of lead gen, your whole day could be lead gen, unless you have appointments, of course. Right. But you start to draw, like your time blocks start to change where it's like, used to just be the mornings and you'd be lucky if you had two or three hours before things got too well, chaotic. I mean, that's, that's you want a real simplified version of what you should be doing and how, how this should all work. That is, that is we, we save time. We cut down on, on doing other things. We try to stick to the schedule as best we can to, for our time management, because at the end of the day, this is all about, I think I said last week, this is the engine is is your lead generation. So everything should be geared around saving you time for lead generation. The more time you save by leveraging yourself, by putting in autoresponders, by doing this, should that those minutes adding up every single day should get dumped into lead gen. And when you're not doing the other thing, that's why you hire an assistant because they start doing the marketing stuff. They start doing payroll. They start doing, well, that frees you up to do more lead gen. Everything is freeing you up to do more lead gen. The more lead gen you do, the more clients you get, the more money you make, the more successful your business is. It's all about that. Leveraging your time for lead gen. Wrap your head around that concept. That is the job. And if you're not doing those things and everything isn't geared, you're not seeking your best to free up your time to do more lead gen, then you're probably not going to be successful. So one thing, even if you don't ever want to grow a big team, you still have to have leverage to ever do anything other than- To go on vacation. All things. (laughs) To get married. Uh, Yeah. So if you want to get married or you want to go on vacation- you and have, not feel like, oh, I'm on 24 hours a day, even if you don't say that to your clients, but to feel that way because you will burn out and you'll be one of the agents who I used to have a real estate license. I had it for like four years and, you know, and I now I cut hair 
or whatever. It's like, it's like, if you want to make this your career, you have to figure out a way to not be on 24 hours a day. So let's, let's do some quick math. I know you love it when I do math on a podcast. Uh It's my favorite thing. (laughs) But, but just let's say for a moment in, in our area with the average commission, if you only did as a single agent, if you did like two sales a month, you're based on sort of averages, your gross commission would be $250,000 a year mm-hmm. because the sales prices are so high right now. Right. <laughs> no, I, I digress. Um, so think about that. If you're able to do two sales per month over the course of a year as a single agent, you're probably feeling pretty busy actually because most of your time is actually being spent doing transactional mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. or showing properties most of your time is doing those things. So let's say you're you're really good. You're, you stick to your time blocks and you work legion in the morning and then the afternoons, your transactions and showings. And you're probably working more than 40 hours a week. Like I can almost guarantee mm-hmm. that you're working way more than that. Yeah. But let's just say for argument's sake that you're working 40 hours a week. Right? Like just just to make it easy. If your gross commission income is 250000 and you're working 40 hours a week, and let's say you're taking one week off, it might not be all at once, but let's say you take a couple of days off at Christmas, a day or two right. off at Thanksgiving. You, you take... Birthday. Right. Everyone takes their birthday off. <laughs> so I know some people take a whole week off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so let's say you're working 51 weeks and you're working 40 hours every week. That's 2,040 hours. If your gross commission income is 250000 that's $122 an hour. Mm-hmm. Now, does some of that go to taxes and all that? It's not like Back that's what you're... It's not that that's what you're profit. taking yeah. home. That's not your profit, but that's what your value is. That's what you're earning. So if you look at that and you're like... I make $150 an hour. That was 122, but yeah. $125 an hour. Make it, we'll make it even. If that's, if I want to grow my business or have more time off, I have to pay for that, mm-hmm. right? But if I can pay, what's the um, minimum wage? Well, I don't know what minimum wage I don't know, but is. Let's, let's say, say $15. Let's say, an say hour. you pay somebody $15 or $20 an hour. 20 Yeah, $15 an hour. If you pay someone $15 an hour, and they're going to take what what you're spending again I know you're working more than 40 hours in this situation but let's just say they're going to take half of your day off your plate and now you can focus that on more appointments more lead gen mm-hmm. so instead of only 3 or 4 hours of lead gen you got 6 you got 6 so how much more sales do you think you can do well if you're doubling your lead gen double Right. So let's say so now, now you're, you're making, making 48 sales. So let's say you're making 48 sales. And in again, in our area, that average commission would put you at roughly half a million dollars in GCI. Mm-hmm. And if and, you're and you're paying somebody thirty five thousand dollars a year for their admin work. So at the end of the day, do you make more money with the admin because of more sales you make? Yeah, like twice as much. Yeah. So if you want to... That's how you leverage. 
if you want to have whatever it is. But like, you have to make sure that when you're leveraging, when you hire that person, you don't go to the beach, right? Because you have some more free time. You have to dump it into your one commodity, which is time. And the time is for more lead gen. And let me say that, um, well, a couple things that you need to understand. I wish that math was all 100% correct. It's, but what it's happens fuzzy is, math, but yeah. What happens is um, leverage takes time a lot of time. Yeah, the, you mean training. Training and getting people to a level where they're actually giving you, you back double. Yeah. It takes a long time. Yeah. You got to find somebody good. Yeah, that's true. You can't just go hire someone off the street and go, they're going to double my sales. It's like, oh, I'm going to be able to double my sales now because they're there. It's like, it's going to take you a year to train them. It's going to take time out of your lead gen time to be able to train this person. Right. So you're going to have to. And so the only way to do that is to change it from 40 hours a week to 60 hours a week. So you hired somebody, you're actually going to work more. But you will still in the long run be better off. And you have to think about like like, there was a time there was a time where I was actually making less money. Mm -hmm. Um, Hiring people, having people. I I had I had hired um, I had hired like a buyer's agent. I had an assistant and we we at that time, I think we had also hired another buyer's agent, but that person didn't really produce anything. But it was in that time where um, I was essentially paying for free time Yeah, because it was like I'm either going to burn out or (laughs) 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 and and so sometimes like you might actually feel like you're taking a little bit of a step backwards. But if that free time provides you the ability, whether it's just spend time with family, friends, or it provides time to think about a bigger business and that kind of stuff, it still was probably worth it. Mm. But if you can manage to not actually take a step backwards and grow like what we just described by working efficiently and prioritizing and having a plan before you just hire someone, then you'll really see that exponential growth. It's just usually we hire out of need and we're like, oh my God, I'm just over now. Like I got to bring somebody on and then that that doesn't work out and then you basically wasted Take two steps backwards you wasted a bunch of times yeah that's just the messiness of all of this yeah. but eventually you have to have some sort of leverage or you won't be able to sustain long term i think that's or you what i or you have to anyways. be okay with eight sales a year yeah if you're okay with eight to twelve sales a year and that's and that's all you ever want to do and that's it and you just wait for the phone to ring and blah 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 and stuff and you, maybe you've got supplemental income or you know your your wife or husband or whatever makes really good money and and that's it then that's fine it's like that's that's a different kind of thing than what we're talking about if you guys are listening to this podcast it's probably not you well oh I was gonna say something and it just completely slipped my mind <laughs> Well, we got to wrap it up anyway. No, it was important. What was it? Oh, we were having a conversation the other day. So at some point, like I, I've really become clear on what the dollar per hour mm-hmm. that I have is. Mm-hmm. And so every time I think about doing something else, now look, I, I, I'm not perfect, but I, I, I do run things through that filter. And so the other day I was saying, like, we're buying another investment property and it needs a lot of work. Oh my god, guys. <laughs> don't don't even get us started. It needs a lot of work, okay? And that takes money. Mm. And so I was like thinking to myself like, okay, well, how can we save money in other ways to make sure that we can, you know, pay for all the things that I want to do. 
And we started having a house cleaner come over. And I said something about like, well, maybe I'll just clean the house. Right. We have, for our house, we were having we have somebody come once every two weeks, and they yeah they do a, they're here for a, a couple hours, for three four three hours, and clean the house. Yeah. Right? And, and like, maybe we can save some money. Cats like maybe we can save some money if we if if she does it instead for right. three hours a week. And then Pat's like, oh, that's one hundred and fifty dollars for like three or four hours. And I was like, what's your oh, time worth? Never mind. <laughs> right. Because then you start to think about that. Save a nickel, spend a dime. <laughs> Spending a dime to save a nickel is what that is. That doesn't make financial sense. Yeah. And so I just quickly ran that through my brain and said, well, that's stupid. Because even though like, let's say, even if they came on a weekend, which they don't, they come during like a dollar producing time frame. So right. yeah. <laughs> if I stopped what I was doing to clean during the same time, that would really be dumb. But I thought to myself, well, I'll just do it on a Saturday. But even that, like, you're you're buying time, and if you really think about it, what is that worth in the long run? Like, it, I could either spend three or four hours cleaning, which feels like work because it is, mm-hmm. or I can pay somebody else to do that mm-hmm. and save myself that little bit of free time that I have. Right, because it, what it does is it gives you that free time because you've got you take extra time in the week doing your lead gen. It, it actually, because you know that you've got free time on Saturday to sit on the back porch and do what number crunching for the business. And hey, right? what am I best at? <laughs> this is Complain- way too much silence. Complaining? <laughs> this is way too much silence. <laughs> <laughs> number crunching. I love number crunching. And I think that um, if there was a job... <laughs> There is. It's called an accountant. But okay, yeah, but I don't want to crunch other people's numbers. But what what I what I do well is planning and figuring out and I keep I, I keep us at a place where we we have the ability to buy another investment property, but that's only because I have I have scheduled time for myself to sit down and do that math yeah. and look at our numbers and look at our money and make those decisions and plan for it. Guys, it's real easy for me. <laughs> I don't have to do any of that stuff. She, I know that she's got it all down. I just have to do, the, do all the all work. the, the manual labor. <laughs> I have to do all the work. Yeah. But literally, Pat said to someone the other day that his job is renovating houses. <laughs> like that's yeah. where he's gotten to a point where he's just accepting that. Like that's, that's what that's my life. This now. is his life now. <laughs> but anyways, uh, know your value and then create systems around protecting that and growing it because that's the. All you have is your time, and if mm-hmm. your time is worth a good amount of money, which it should be, mm-hmm. um, then you gotta covet that. Yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the question you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Questions from the West. fits in perfectly with our uh, discussion today. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. I had a listing agent open the door for my buyers. I'm out of town and would like to send a Starbucks gift card. What's an appropriate amount? Well, as per the discussion that we just had, uh, I've got a couple of thoughts on that. I don't I don't know what their dollar per hour is worth, but let's say they're they're making two sales a month then it, and it took them 30 minutes to drive there, 30 minutes to drive home. Um, 30 minutes with your buyers, then I say that you owe them a Starbucks gift card of $375. Uh, well, not quite. 
um, that would be an hour and a half. If your time is worth oh, yeah. $122, you owe them a Starbucks gift card of $183. Right. If they're... Does that sound... That, yeah, uh, right. If they're a higher producing agent... Then you owe them more. Then you might owe them more. What were you, think, <laughs> what were you thinking? $20? <laughs> so, now, what I was going to say is... Um, couple things like if you're going to be gone like as we were discussing if you're going to be gone it is your job to find somebody to fill in for you and you need to make arrangements you to compensate you them do not call the listing agent and say my buyers want to see that house will you go open the doors for them yeah that is insane because your buyers probably aren't even going to buy that house so why are you wasting that listing agent's time that is a horrible thing to do to somebody so there, there is um somebody out there that probably will say or think to themselves, "Well, it's the listing agent's job to sell the house." Ugh. Hold on, let me get through this. Ugh. Let me get through this. Um, but it's not my job as a listing agent to show somebody else's buyer a house. Showing homes is part of the agent's responsibility that's representing the buyer. And so, yeah. listen, let me so finish. I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry. This stuff makes me so angry. <laughs> let me finish. So, by asking the listing agent, look, some people are super sweet and nice, and 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 that's great. And it's not that I'm not a nice person. I think I'm very nice. <laughs> and I would help out a friend or something. So, maybe this is somebody that's a friend of yours. I don't know. But by asking them well, to do that, says, hold it, on. Wait, it says specifically... I had a, the listing agent open the door for my buyers. Not, I had a friend in my office open the doors for my buyers. That's what you would, were talking about, okay. somebody. So it's, it's uh, oh, they want to see 123 Main Street. I'm going to call the listing agent at 123 Main Street. I don't know who this person is. I'm going to say, my buyers want to see that house. I'm out of town. Can you go open the doors for them? Yeah. Okay. We're establishing that they're not friends. This yeah. is not a casual favor. I don't this think so. was a request to the listing agent to yeah. do your job for you. Okay. So, point back to you should find somebody to fill in for you if you're going to be absent um, for any length of time and somebody needs to show a home for you. It should be somebody that you're specifically compensating for that client. They're getting a referral or they're getting something. Yeah. So you're paying them hourly or whatever it is. Yeah. So if you want to if you want to hire somebody to just open doors for your specific people while you're gone, you can do that. Mm -hmm. You've done that before. Yeah. And you can pay somebody. Again, they're doing um, a lower dollar per hour activity for you by doing that. But when when you when you just tell them, "Hey, can you show these five houses for this this buyer?" You can pay them per hour, or you can choose to pay them a percentage if they're showing a lot of properties and they're helping you write offers or giving advice or anything that would be a licensee type job. Mm-hmm. You would pay them more of a referral fee or mm-hmm. or some sort of split of the commission. If they're just opening doors. You can pay someone per hour. But when you ask another agent that you don't know, that you don't know to open a door on their listing to show your buyer one house, you've now taken potentially an hour and a half or more out of their day. And you need to think about that and think about how am how am I it, they're not doing me a favor. Like they've just now wasted an hour and a half of their time, which is worth almost two hundred dollars on just a basic two deal per month agent. Right. So you need to think about that and how how are you going to compensate them? You should have, first of all, discussed that in advance and they should have said... Uh, yeah, if I was a listing agent, I would have told you to find somebody else to open the door. I don't open doors for people that I don't... I don't they're not my clients. So I'm not and then the door for them. They can come to the open house. If you... like, So here's, here's how I'd approach as the listing agent. Um, 
if you are planning to represent this person, they you need to be the one showing them the house or you need to have a representative from your office show them the property. That's called procuring cause. That's mm-hmm. part of the procuring cause process. This is like the same people who say, I have a buyer, but I don't have an I don't have a lockbox. I don't have a, a key to get in. Can you open the door for my, I, I, you know, I don't live in town, I'm, but I'm representing these buyers where you go open the door for them. Yeah. I know that you've had that happen to you before. You mean a lockbox key? Yeah. That, oh, you that you you've got be... somebody who is representing the buyer, but they live in Daytona and they don't have a key to the Orlando yeah, yeah. Uh, lock, lockbox key. They don't have one. So they are like, can you go open the door for that? So here's the here's the thing. I had a situation no. not that long ago where a guy was representing his mom and he wanted to see a property here and he didn't have any key. And so what you can do is you can invite them to an open house if there is one. You can even help point them in a direction of how to get e-key access to your area because sometimes it's just a matter of filling out a form or paying a small fee. Um, now, if they completely don't have an e-key, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, that's the cost of doing business. You're not, if you're, you're not, not able you're to not, access you, the homes, then you, you're not representing the buyer. You're doing a disservice to your mother. That's for sure. You're doing like. Yeah. So anyways, so they, they came to the open house. And then didn't make an offer. Right. And then so, I think they so, even came back to another open house. So it would have been a huge waste of time. They came back and they wanted to see it again, came back to another open house, and then still didn't make an offer. So now what if I was like the nice agent that was like, okay, I'll open the door for you. And um, I showed them two different times. Now, I'm not going to say my dollar per hour, but let's just go off of what we were working sure. on. I've just now spent four hundred, four hundred and twenty dollars of my time. Yeah, of my time helping someone who did not make a purchase, mm-hmm. and I have no connection to. And I'll They're, never hear from again. I'll right. never see again. So, and what could I have been doing? Legion, Legion, to actually make the four hundred and twenty dollars to feed, Worth it. Yeah. to feed my family, to pay my own bills. You have to, like, it sounds harsh the way that I'm yelling I it. <laughs> I, I don't think it sounds harsh at all. This but is, you just have to. This is a business. This is not a charity. You just have to, you have to know your worth. Yeah. Like, there's a whole website dedicated to that. And I think that's. <laughs> that's M- for women. But <laughs> Mika Brzezinski's book, isn't that her yeah. book title? Yeah. And it's specifically about women knowing their worth because women are paid less than men in yeah. many industries. Um, I'm, you yeah. know, I feel fortunate to I be saw, in an industry where. I, I heard something. I get to choose. I think it was Natalie Morales, the 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 actor, Natalie Morales, was on. Who's that? She was, um, played, uh, she plays, uh. Tom Haverford's wife on uh, Parks and Rec. Oh, okay. gets married to. Um, she was talking about, she's kind of an activist and stuff, and she was talking about um, not just women, but it's something like it's it's in April. It basically, women have to work the entire year into April of the next year to make as much as a man does if you're a white woman. And then if you're an Asian woman, you have to work until, I think it was... June. And then if you're a black woman, you have to work until August. And then if you're a Latino woman, you have to work until November. So, so like almost two years time to make, yes, the, same to make amount. the same amount as as a man in the same as a white man in the same job. Okay. 
I forget what it's called. It's, it, there's like they do something like it's not. I don't want to call it a celebration because that's certainly not a, anything to celebrate. But it's a like an anniversary date. Mm. They have them kind of planned out through the calendar and stuff. I've just never heard that before. Really, kind of put all of that into perspective. Um, yeah, I mean, we're fortunate to work in an industry like you get to choose how much you charge, and that goes back to listening to the commission. Um, podcast episodes it's like we get to choose what we charge I mean not necessarily with buyers but um and if you know your value and you know your dollar per hour figure it makes it a lot easier so even if like if you're just getting started and you've only had one sale that's okay like figure out what that is Mm -hmm. if it's a couple sales per year figure out what it is and then know that every time you're making a decision is this going to equal the same amount that I could make if I was doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And the more money you get in the bank, the more you can actually apply those things. Like I am going to pay somebody to do this because the money exists. Cause sometimes the, you just don't have the money to, to you have to keep doing it. Well, you know? that's the thing. Like when you first get started, um, that's why t- t- it's always about time. Like when you first get started, all you have is your energy and time mm-hmm. to just run around and do whatever. And we, we always, I hate the word grind, but that's really what it is when you first get started in, in real estate or, or any business probably like you, you're going to just go out there and grind and spend all of your time doing everything you can to get things moving. Mm-hmm. And then you start to get to a point where things are consistent and they're happening without as much energy being spent. It's not that you're not working hard or anything. So don't misunderstand, but like you don't have to be out on the weekends doing five open houses every weekend. Like you're able to sort of consistent, you see the consistent plan. Like if I do this, Mm -hmm. these results happen and you can make a business plan out of it. And then you get to a place where you're like, okay, now I get to choose a little bit. If I don't want to work with that person, I can say no to that. And I know that it's going to be okay. Yeah. And then you get to to a point where you can say, this guy's going to run me around and it's going to take me 60 hours of time before they end up in a house or I can spend that 60 hours getting five other clients Yeah, that I can sell in the same amount of time. Yeah. I get to choose. Yeah. It's, it's a fortunate business to be in when you get to choose who you work with and how much you're paid, but you have to remember that every day. Yeah. Or it can really easily be nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you end up chasing everything and you let your, these, the clients dictate your day. Yeah. Right. It's real easy to fall into that and then you're, then you're dead. Yeah. Yeah. Small win. Catherine, you got a small win this week? Oh my goodness. Um, I don't know. I guess I would just say um, we ha- we had a nice little vacation. I'm glad that the small win was that we both got better before we had to leave. Yeah. And so we were able to go on the vacation. Yeah, that would I had be the a little, small... little bit of a cough that we... It was we, a residual. We, we, we tracked for the first three days of vacation. Like it's a, My cough was about half of what it was yesterday and then it was... The next day was, well, it was half of what it was yesterday and then it was gone. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of my small win too, isn't it? It's always nice to go to North Carolina for a week. I wish it was a little colder than it was. I only wore a flannel all week. That's disappointing. Came back to 85 degree heat. Yeah. I'm sitting here in the studio right now with sun beating on my back (laughs) and I'm sweating and stuff. And now I have to go prep the outside for for another hurricane in (laughs) mid-November. Unbelievable. (laughs) But you're not allowed to do a small win and then 
say negative stuff. You're right. You ruined it. I can't wait for this hurricane. <laughs> Following the hurricane is nice weather. I can tell you that. That's is this good. true? Yeah. It's supposed to be very beautiful after the storm comes through. So that's a that's a positive. We'll look forward to it. Everybody out there in Florida batten down the hatches, I guess, when this... Oh, no, this will be out before the hurricane. So, yeah. So good luck, everybody. Hey, guys, remember to rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps new listeners to find us. Send your questions from the web to onseekingthebest at gmail.com. All info is in the show notes, including how to send us a voicemail. And for Kat, Kayla, and myself, thanks for listening. And we'll figure this all out next week. Bye. Adios. This has been a Think Live Be production.